Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Just Want a Quilt, a research podcast coming out of Tulane University Law School, where we explore all kinds of things, stories about quilting, tools, field trips, maybe some famous quilters stop by, and of course, a little bit of copyright thrown in just for fun. This is Elizabeth Townsend Gard. I'm a law professor at Tulane University Law School, and I just want to quote. So today we talked with Susie Webster. She is a elementary school teacher, and she's also a published um, quilt author. We'll talk to her about that and why now, after being with a, um, a very important publisher, she's gone to self-publishing. Uh, my name is Susie Webster, and I am calling from Apple Valley, Minnesota, which is a suburb of the Twin Cities area. Awesome. Um, and what's your first memory of someone sewing or quilting in your life? When I, my mom has quilted my entire life. She started really? on her, right after her honeymoon. Really? And uh, I made my first quilt at eight. Awesome. I love it. That's really cool. And do you remember what that first quilt was? Yeah, uh, I remember vividly uh, getting to go to the fabric store and yeah. pick out my fabric that I wanted for my quilt. Now, did you, were yeah. you, so when I went to the fabric store at 13, I got really, I was a bit shy and I was kind of a pushover. So people kept picking out stuff I didn't really like, but I wasn't strong enough to tell them I didn't like it. Did you have that experience or were you able to actually decide the fabric you liked and... You know, we were in a Hancock Fabrics, and yeah. we were just shopping all by ourselves, and That's I got to nice. pick out what I liked. That's really cool. Um, even to this day, I get a little bit like people will be like, you should put that in, and I'm like, oh, okay. And then I'm like, wait a second, no. <laughs> <laughs> I am not putting that in. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, and what did you make in that first quilt? What was it? It was a nine-block sampler. Wow. In pink and purple calicos. That's so cool. And I quilted it in stitches that are like an inch long. And I still have it. It's hilarious. That's so great. That's, I love it. Um, and so how did you, did you always quilt? Did you always, like, is it, for me, it comes and goes in my life. But did you, were you consistent in quilting throughout your life or? You know, I have been since probably middle school. And I think the reason for that is when I was a teenager, my parents decided there was no television in our house for the summer. So all the televisions were taken to the basement, and we literally could not watch television. If I got sick, it got brought back up, but that was it. Really? So we had to find other things to do with ourselves, and that's when I really got into quilting, and it's been a passion ever since. Interesting. And would you see, would you see it as um, something that's your hobby or that you do professionally? Do you see sort of what I is the... I think it's more professional for me at this point, but it's also a hobby. It's kind of almost as overwhelming in my life as my job. Yeah, I get it. Me too. What makes it, like, is there a divide? I'm starting to believe there is not a divide. But is there a divide between the hobbyist and the professional? Um... I guess I'm not a total professional. I don't teach on the national circuit or anything like that. So for me, it's a matter of choosing what I want to do in order to make money at this yeah. and choosing what I don't want to do. And for me, I've kind of come to the point that I have a full-time job, which I enjoy most of the time. And for me, this is my fun. And so yeah. if it's not fun, I don't want to do it. Yeah. And I totally get it. Yeah, there was a moment, because um, I, I try to quilt every single night, even if I'm, like, way overly tired, and I was just like, oh, God, I have to go quilt. And I'm like, wait a second. <laughs> no. It's, like, the fun part of the day. <laughs> you can't be all right. like, oh, I have to quilt. Um, so tell me, where when you said that your definition is you want to do stuff that produces income, what have you found that produces income? Well, uh, I've been doing trunk shows around the area, which is an absolute blast. Just going 
go and talk about my quilts. And the first time I did one, my mom asked, did you plan what you're going to say? I'm like, no, the quilts talk for themselves. I pick one up and I just go with what comes to me about that quilt at that moment. Yeah. And I've been teaching classes for guilds, which is a blast. I enjoy teaching because that's what I do as a career uh-huh. to begin with. Um, what do you, what, what do you I teach? These, I published my first book through the American Quilter Society. Yeah. And that was a fabulous experience, but then they went out of publishing. And uh, so the, the next two I did on frame motion patterns and I decided to self-publish because it was just easier. That's really interesting. We are looking into, because you know, we're writing this book, um, we're trying to figure out what the book is exactly, but um, we're trying to decide what to do with it. And um, tell us a little bit more about self-publishing. Tell us more about the difference between being at a publisher and doing self-publishing, sort of what that route was for you. Uh, okay, so it's a funny story. At the time I was teaching fifth grade, forgive my birds in the background. That's I cool. can't tell them to be quiet. Um, <laughs> you, have, you have so many behind you. I was teaching fifth, yeah, <laughs> it, teaching fifth grade. Um, I had an assignment with my students uh, about internet safety. And they had to write down what they would want to find if they Googled themselves in 10 years. Wow. That's a great And assignment. so, of course, they wanted to know what would be on my list. And the first thing on my list was I will publish a quilting book. And so that kind of started me off. And I knew what I wanted to do. And I looked up what you had to submit for a book proposal, which is rather lengthy. Yeah. And uh, it took me about a year to get everything together because I was working full time. And I sent it off with a hope and a prayer. I remember sending it the day before school started. And about mid-October, I got an email that it was accepted for publication, oh and I completely freaked out my students, and I had a very good afternoon that day, because <laughs> <laughs> I was very excited. And, uh, you know, then I had three months to get everything written and done and quilted and sent to them. That's a lot. And then they put it together, and... What oh, is your... What was the book called? Let's see. New in February. Folk Art quilted traditions and you can still buy it through the american i'm sorry say it one more time folk art folk art. quilted traditions oh cool and it's based on uh it's applique patterns based on hungarian embroidery which is where my mother and my grandmother were born really so okay folk art i'm looking it up quilted traditions oh, so really anyway cool. the book came out in august and you know, it was really interesting because it sold a lot right away. Uh-huh. And ever since then, it's been a trickle. Like, you know, I get a royalty check for $5, uh-huh. which amuses me. Yeah. Um, whereas the self-publishing, I obviously make more per book. Yeah. Um, because it's it's mine, and I can print them in small quantities. And, you know, I just have them spiral bound because I find them more useful that way because you can have yeah. them folded open all the way. That's really interesting. And, uh, you know, I haven't printed a lot of them, but I have uh, sold them when I go and I teach and I do trunk shows. And, you know, I think that in some ways having them has gotten me um, some classes because I've had a lot of the guilds that I've gone and spoken at ask me to come back to teach machine quilting later. Interesting. Because they liked my work. Yeah. So, and so tell me the process of publishing when it's spiral bound. How, like, what's, how, it looks like it's maybe, how, how long is the new book? The new book is Paisley, Circles, and Swirls. Right. And um, so how many pages is the, is the book? Let's start there. It's got 44 different quilting designs. So it's probably about 55 pages because there's some other material in there. Okay. And uh, I quite literally typed it up in Microsoft Word. Yeah. And printed it out, went in, drew all the illustrations myself. I have tried computer-aided graphic software, and it is just not me. It's not you. It drives me crazy. Yeah. So I literally drew them all myself, and then I went and had it copied at our local copy center. That's really interesting. And I get them copied 50 at a time, and when I run out, I go copy 50 more. So how much does it, how much, what's your, um, your margin? So how much does it cost for to print it like about it costs how much? about five dollars a book five dollars a book to print yeah and then interesting and then how oh it's cool you sent me a page you spent swirl flower yep. number eight 
Number eight. There's four. There's a lot of swirl flowers. There's nine of them. <laughs> flowers. Number eight. Okay. Uh, cool. Sorry, I'm looking at it to see. That's fine. I'm way into um, trying. I want to find, like, can I actually master this? And uh, I'm not totally convinced of it. So I'm always looking at new ways to do free motion quilting. Well, what I would say is I just went back to a guild for the second time locally Mm -hmm. and uh the lady looked at me when i walked into the room she goes you're the one who taught me how to free motion quilt and i can do it now really all right you might have to you might have i don't i'm not i'm that's that's interesting so oh there we go okay cool um interesting so yeah okay so you do it for you you it costs five dollars to purchase to copy them how much do you sell them for 15 15 and then when you go to guild shows how much do you i mean if you do and you always sell them for 15 you don't discount it at all no so that's reasonable interesting and people buy them yeah interesting huh and then how much did this what i yeah go ahead what i found is that uh because they're less than 20 dollars yeah they're inviting yeah and um i don't know more people free motion quilt than applique. Yeah. And so it always surprises me when the applique book sells more because usually it's the free motion books that sell. And did you do a self-published applique book as well? No, that was the one I published through. So it. tell me how much were, like, did you on the, so you didn't have any upfront, uh, they didn't give you any money upfront for the book. Is that right? For the no. professional book. And no. then... How much were you getting per book? Did you have a royalty rate on that one? Yeah, you get 5%. Which is like... A dollar and 15 cents. Wow. So you're not making really much of anything on that one. This one you're making $10 a book. The other one you were making a dollar something. Right. I can buy them myself copies for 50% of the price. And then I make $10 a book if I sell them myself. How How much is the cost of the book that if you buy them yourself? Uh, it's half of twenty three dollars, so eleven fifty. Still a lot. That's a lot. I mean, yeah. you have to invest quite a bit to get. I save up money from my sales before I per- before I either print or purchase more books. That's craziness. Yeah. Now, what made you decide to do it this way, as opposed to say create space on Amazon or something like that? Like, why the spiral bound sort of basic go to your local print shop kind of strategy? I'm doing everything locally. I haven't traveled more than two hours from home to speak. Yeah. And it just seemed to me that I wanted to go local. That was you part of it. You wanted to go local. The other incentive is I knew how to do that. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Yeah. Uh, create space and all those things I'm sure are wonderful, but I wanted to hand draw things. Yeah. And that can become an issue. So just drawing it and printing it that way was easier. That's really interesting. I really haven't looked into create space at all. Well, we are. So we'll tell you more when we, if we decide to go that way. Um, it's okay. interesting. They have two things with it. Um, Corey, my um, research assistant, I'm like, well, can you look into self-publishing? She gives us like 50 different, like she's like overly ambitious. So um, we're looking through all the stuff that she did and I'll post it. Um, but create space is interesting because it's either you do it wholesale and you can buy them plus shipping or right. you can um, get a percentage of the sale, which is very small. I mean, not very small. It just depends on the price of it. Um, right. So that either they sell it or you sell it. Now, can are you selling this on – I've lost your website. Are you selling this on your website as yes, well? Yes, you send me an email and then I send you a PayPal invoice. You send, you send me a PayPal invoice. Got it. Um, interesting. And how have the internet sales been? How have that, is that something that you care about or? They're totally random. Yeah. Um, some months I might sell five, some months I don't sell any. Yeah. 
and for me, this isn't something that I'm trying to make as a living at. It's yeah. something where I'm trying to share my knowledge and cover my fabric and thread habits. Yeah, no, I get it. So. Um, okay, I'm at your website. Um, cool. Um, and then you're also doing patterns on Craftsy. So tell me a little bit about that, about selling on Craftsy. You know, I only have one pattern up there, and it's up there because I was part of a row-along last summer, and that's where they asked us to put our patterns. Got it. Have you you seen my sales? I think I sold, I mean, the the first month you could download it for free, Uh and then it was $5, and I think I've sold exactly one. (laughs) One of the interesting challenges of Craftsy is the sheer volume of stuff on that website. Yeah. And... I, I've heard mixed reviews of sales on that site. Interesting. Well, that makes sense because it's a little care. It's a lot. There's a lot going on. Um, do they take yeah. a percentage of the sale that if you post? No, they don't. So, and do you have to pay anything to be on Craftsy? They just want the traffic. No, you don't. So, it's a free platform to put your stuff. Is it exclusive? Do you have to only sell it there? I don't remember. Interesting. I've only done it once. All right. So I'm also looking at your, so we're at um, websterquilt.blogspot.com if people want to look at what I'm looking at. I So I'm now looking at a gallery of award-winning quilts. Tell me about award-winning quilts. And I love Pulse. Oh, my gosh. It's so pretty. All of them are pretty, but I'm always sort of drawn to those kinds of quilts. And your whole cloth. Incredible incredible my mom has always entered in our local minnesota quilters show and i think i've been a member of minnesota quilters since high school and you know there's there's judge categories and there's non-judge categories and at one point i remember her telling me that we should enter them in judged even if they weren't great because then more people see them yeah and i went okay and I remember, I think I was in college when my first quilt took a ribbon at that show, my very first ribbon anywhere. And I just remember this feeling of euphoria. I screamed. I was so excited. That's so cool. Um, we were walking around with all of our quilting friends. And it sort of became an addiction um, to be competitive about it. And so for a long time, that was the majority of what I was doing when I was quilting, was working on my next show and what is it so here's my thing I always start out like this is going to be like in the most amazing quilt that anyone's ever seen and by the end I'm like I totally don't think this quilt is even worth finishing so like there's this whole like (laughs) process every time so I want to know what is it when you start to work on a show quilt what is your process Mm -hmm. that I don't really get the first thing I think about is what I can do that's different because the judges like things that they've never seen before. And so that's also something I do with my blog posting is what's new, what's different, what can I try, what haven't I done? Uh, and so I start, I tend to start there. Yeah. Um, and once I, sometimes I'll work in EQ6 if I'm developing piecing or EQ7. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sometimes I hand draw if it's applique. And I kind of just let it go. I found that I design best at about 9 o'clock at night when my filter is turned off and I don't criticize everything that I draw. That's really interesting. Yeah. That's and I've really actually talked to my cousin who's a painter about that, and he says the same thing. You're less self-critical when you're kind of just tired. So uh-huh. when I have those tired evenings like you were talking about, yeah. that's when I sit and doodle and things just come to life. So I you think that that nighttime quilting isn't a bad thing then? I always feel like I'm at my worst, but I might be at my best. Is that what you're saying? That that kind of way overly, t- like that, that a filter is off? And so you right. just Right, I of... don't criticize what I'm doing as harshly when I'm that tired. Interesting. So. Very interesting. And then, you know, the design goes from there. Sometimes the uh, designs start with a fabric. I have one quilt in there called Kaboom. Yeah. And it started with this orange batik that I had bought because I fell in love with it. And, of course, it never worked because it's rather loud. And so the whole quilt was designed about how can I focus on that fabric. And That's really interesting. Showcase it. You're way into batik. Tell us a little bit. Not all of them are that way. Actually, it's kind yeah. of ironic because your stuff... That's a batik, using batiks, but a lot of your stuff isn't batiks on your winning quilts. Is that right? Um... It started out where it wasn't batiks, but 
I would say in the last eight years, 90% of it is batiks. Really? Uh, I don't tend to necessarily use batiks as a background fabric when I'm appliqueing because it's sometimes harder to applique through. Yeah. Um, But the reason that I like batik fabric is it doesn't shred. Oh. It doesn't fray. Interesting. And when you're when you're doing an applique piece, yeah, um, whether it's by hand or machine and turned edge or not, right. not fraying is a fabulous uh, <sighs> thing. And they look less. I mean, not in a bad way, but they look kind of less batiky because you've got bit smaller bits of it. Right. So it doesn't kind of overwhelm. I mean, I like batiks a lot, but they are very you know specific thing. Um, yeah. So tell us the flower in a pot quilt along. Tell me a little bit about that too. Well, I started blogging because when I uh, sent out my book proposal, it basically said, if you don't have a web presence, you need to start one now. Yeah. And I went, okay, but if I'm going to do a blog, it needs a purpose because I can't just be random about it. It's hard. So I decided that my purpose was to try things that I had never tried before Mm, and didn't want to put in a show quilt because I hadn't tried it before. And that was scary to put into a quilt that you're spending so much time on. So um, a few months into it, I realized that people were doing quilt alongs. So I decided, well, I better do one of those too if everybody else is doing that. And what year was that, this? What? What year were you saying? 2016. 2016, got it. And so I started designing flower blocks probably at 9 o'clock at night when my brain was tired. Uh And uh, just had a blast because I could pick out my uh, really busy fatigue. Yeah. Uh, that would work great in a pot that you can't necessarily use very easily because they're so busy and complicated. Yeah. Interesting. And so that was really fun. And then you did another one is the um, brick wall free motion quilt along. That's interesting Right. I started too. that because I was realizing in my show quilts, I was using the same, I don't know, eight or 10 background fills all the time. Yeah. And I was getting bored. And so I challenged myself. I think there were like 28 bricks on that quilt. Uh-huh. I challenged myself to um, come up with a different free motion pattern every week. Wow. That's really cool. And so most of those patterns are in the first book, plus a few more. It's called free motion fillers, I think, simply. Uh-huh. And then uh, I continued that on into the second book where there's 44 fillers that are actually in my brand new show quilt that I'm working on binding at the moment. Very cool. Tell me a little bit about your Machine Applique Adventures Facebook group. Um, I started that when I did uh, my 100th blog post because I went online into Facebook and I realized there weren't really any applique groups for machine applicators. Interesting. There were hand applique groups, but there weren't any for machine applique. So I decided to put it out there and see what happened. Yeah. And uh, I post all of my blog post links in there. Uh-huh. And so that's another way that you can see my blogs. That's really great. And uh, have access to them. And when you do machine applique, do you use, like, how, what's your process? What's your favorite process of doing machine applique? Um, my I'm a little scared of it, I have to say. So I'm supposed to do machine applique a day on a quilt, and I've kind of put it off for a while. My favorite fusible is Steamaseam 2, regular or light, doesn't really matter to me, because it's sticky on both sides. Uh-huh. So, you know, you trace your shape, you cut it out loosely, you stick it to your fabric, and you cut out piece. And what I like about it is it's sticky on the other side. So it's like applying a post-it note. I can stick it down on my fabric, and if I don't like it, I can peel it right back up. That's really cool. The other advantage of it is that I have two little boys in my house, and if they run past my project that I'm trying to arrange, nothing happens to it because the pieces don't move. <laughs> That's very important. Yeah. And then I, uh, I do a double blanket stitch around the edges of all my pieces most of the time. Tell me again. A double blanket stitch? What does that mean? Uh, all machines pretty much have a built-in stitch that's a blanket stitch. Yeah. We all know that one. Yeah. But Bernina's, and I'm sure other brands have it too, but I still want a Bernina. Bernina's have one that's called a double blanket stitch. So in a single blanket stitch, it goes over, back, down, over, back, down, right? Yeah. In a double, it goes over, back, over, back, up, down, up, down, down, over, back, over, back. So it goes over everything at least two, if not three times. And it gives it a thicker line so that your thread choices actually show up. Interesting. So if I had, say, 
a yellow and green batik that I was using for a leaf, I could stitch the outline in yellow and it would really show up if I wanted it to. Otherwise I'll stitch it in green and make it match. But it gives me another color choice to use. And it, it's kind of thick, kind of like um, old fashioned uh, animation where you see the black line around yeah. the shapes. Yeah, interesting. And why do you think people like me and others are a little intimidated by machine applique? Because like once I do it, I'm not, I'm like, why am I so worried about this? But there is this kind of fear, I think. I think our inner perfectionists come out yeah. when we applique. I don't know why, but I think they do. Yeah. Um, I think probably too. But it's forgiving. Do you think that? Yeah. The other thing that I like about doing the double blanket stitch is because it takes it longer to stitch out. I have more time to think about how it's going to turn the curve or the point. Interesting. Or gives yes. me a little more think time before I have to pivot like the that. fabric. Yes, I like that. How fast, um, that made me think about thinking time. When you free motion quilt, are you going really fast or slow? Or like what's your speed? Or what do you recommend people in terms of their speed on free motion quilting? If I Step into the world of power loyalty and luck i'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse with family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chabacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family vdw group no purchase necessary void where prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus hey guys it is ryan i'm not sure if you know this about me but i'm a bit of a fun fanatic when i can i like to work but i like fun too it's a thing and now the truth is out there i can tell you about my favorite place to have fun chumba casino they have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week you can play for free anytime anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses so join me in the fun sign up now at chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus i'm tracing a pattern or going around the edge of an applique uh-huh. i'm going really slow interesting if i'm doing a background filler where i don't have to think about it because i can just make pattern and it's not i mean my fillers aren't designed to be symmetrically perfect. They're designed to yeah, be it able looks to like make that. them all a, ver- a variety of sizes and shapes within the same filler. They I look really forgiving when I look at the yeah. at the ones I've yeah. seen, which I really like. They're not they're not like you have, some of them are like you have to be so perfect that every time you mess right. up, it's like you're just cringing. Uh, well, there's a lot of uh, a but I know how hard it is. Uh-huh. And there are times I don't want to work that hard. Yeah. So I, I try to find th- ways around doing that that are easier for me to accomplish but still look great. Interesting. Now, one of the things I have that I, I'm getting better at machine quilting, and I would, I'm doing it both on the domestic and we have a long arm here now, that we, which is great to sort of practice on. Um, I'm still really bad at making symmetrical curves, like the curving part, like they always look a little bit weird. I don't know why. Like, is that just hard or is that just because I can't make circular things? No, that's just hard. I think that doing a long curve is the hardest thing to do. Short curves are easy. Curves that are longer than three inches, four inches get really really hard which is why a lot of people will go to ruler work um to give them that curve to do yeah because you do a lot of curves in your i mean you do all kinds of things but your curves look reasonable um i'm looking like flower clamshells are you let me see is that all free motion you are wow how are you getting that half circle to actually look like a half circle and not like a rectangle um <laughs> look like rectangles. probably because i've quilted them so many times the other thing that i that i learned i don't even remember who taught me this might have been Ginny buyer but i don't remember um she was saying if you draw a circle and it's not perfect your eye sort of visually fixes that interesting so she was talking about not making your circles perfectly perfect yeah. because then 
it's easier on the eyes anyway. Interesting. I don't remember exactly what she said, but are, when you're doing that half circle, down, I don't worry about if my you don't worry about it. When you do the half visible. circle, do you know in your mind are you trying to get to that apex point at the top? Like, how are you thinking it through in your mind to get to that circle that's reasonable? Um, I just kind of think about where I want to end and how wide I want it to be. And how wide you want it to be. Right. And the length and the width. I think about the quarter circle, because we all know that arc with our eyes pretty well. So you're doing, you're saying how tall I want it and how wide I want it, and then it just kind of works in your brain. I visually kind of thinking about where I want it to be on the fabric. Got it. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay, I'll try that. I don't know. I'm like not an artist, so it's really interesting. I'm like, can somebody who can barely, you know, handwrite free motion quilt? This is the, this is the challenge. Um, it's getting better, so I don't know. Um, okay, let's go back to our list. Um, I, always, I always tell my beginning students yeah. Buy a panel. Yeah. Because it's something that you didn't put hours of work into. That's right. And quilt it ten minutes a day and you will see the difference in two weeks. Yeah, and this one I have one on the I have actually two panel uh the I have two panels right now that I'm working on. That's exactly it. I'm tracing one of the ones that has lots of things so I can sort of trace and get used to it. Um and then I'm doing fillers around it. And then the other one I'm trying to do more um fancy stuff and it's looking really crappy but I'm just I'm, I, I am embracing my crappy quilt, free motion quilting at the moment because you know one day it might not be or you know it might still be that's okay you know it's yeah. not my that is not my profession <laughs> so exactly. I have to keep telling myself that um okay tell me about being a island batik ambassador um I have a good quilting friend who lives in Colorado and one day, about six months into blogging, she sends me a link and said, you should do this because she knows I work in batiks. And I went, yes, I should. So I applied. And basically the process is they accept a certain number every December um, and you apply to be one for the following year. And if you're accepted, then they send you a box of fabric twice a year with all their new collections and things to do. And then uh, every month you make a project for them and they give you the uh, topics ahead of time for the whole year so that you know uh, what different things you're going to be making. And then uh, every month you do your project, you blog about it, you add your link to the spreadsheet and they share it on their social media accounts. And uh, they've just been really, really great to work with. Uh, one time I was short on fabric, so they sent me more. Um, and they also, uh, you, a lot of the ambassadors do pattern design for quilts in their catalogs that quilt shops can order through Island Batiks and then kit up or whatever they choose to do. That's with really them. cool. So they get people using their fabric. You get the, the newest, coolest fabric to work with, and then potentially your patterns could then be, have a bit greater distribution through Correct. the process do they have you um is there any first you always are using your original patterns when you do the work or use other people's patterns they encourage us to do our own patterns but they don't mind if we do other people's patterns sometimes. interesting for me i like the creative challenge there are things that i have made for island boutique that i never would have done yeah had it not been um part of the challenges yeah that's interesting. and so it pushes me outside of my box but the other thing that I found about both working for them and uh, blogging is I have gotten into making quilts that aren't show quilts. Yeah. That are things that I'm putting up on my blog where I'm testing something out or I'm trying something new. Interesting. Um, and it's kind of given me freedom. Yeah. From having to be a perfectionist all the time, which I really enjoy. That's really interesting. Uh, I saw that you were paper piecing as mm-hmm. part of one of the things you were doing and I thought that was really interesting because it was like a rectangle try two triangles that were a rectangle do you have right. do you, I love paper piecing tell me paper. more about um how you use paper piecing I use paper piecing when I want something that's pretty exact yeah um that I don't think I can rotary cut and get it to turn out the way that I want it to turn out yeah then I will turn to paper piecing to do those pieces 
so that they come out exactly the way that I want them to. And then you just make them the size you want, the finished size. Mm -hmm. You make your right. own paper piecing pattern. I go into EQ and I draw it up and print it out on paper on my computer and go for it. Interesting. How important is EQ? E um, for people who don't know what EQ is, tell me what EQ is and how hard is it and how important is it to your work? Uh, EQ stands for electric quilter. They're currently on version eight, came out last year. I still have version seven. I haven't upgraded to eight yet. It's on those one of those lists of things to do that I haven't gotten to because yeah. seven works for me. And I know there's features in eight that are supposed to be fabulous. Um, but for me, it lets me draw my blocks and what I'm thinking um, in a way that's systematic and easy to print and easy to use. I have Adobe Illustrator too. And Sometimes I use that, but most of the time I find that EQ does what I need it to do in order to be able to design and try things out. What I like about it is if I'm designing a piece pattern, say for Island Batik, I can put my colors in there and I can see what it's going to look like and I can change the design if I don't like it or figure out a way to highlight a fabric without having to actually cut pieces. Yeah. Because you can import the fabrics into the program so that you can actually see what it'll look like. Right. How expensive is the program if people are listening? I think the new version is in the $200 range somewhere. Yeah. I would say that if you're going to do some serious quilt design, it's worth the money. I, yeah. I bought the program originally years ago, and every time they have an upgrade, I right. generally pay for it. I just haven't paid for E2 it yet. Yeah. No, it's hard to upgrade sometimes, you know. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I have to say, the comfort of, like, you just, like, well, what if I don't like the next version? <laughs> yeah, I know how to use this version. Exactly. I <laughs> can do what I want. Exactly. Sure there are cool things, but I know this one. Exactly. Exactly. Um, really interesting. Um, well, this is so cool. Now, do you, does Island Batik also pay you as an ambassador, or is it more no. the free fabric and the relationship and the social media component? It's the free fabric. It's the challenges for me. I enjoy oh. that part of it. Um, they have a relationship with Hobbs and Orphil, so we got some of that in our boxes this year, uh, which has been really fun to try out some of Hobbs and new batting and different weights of Orphil thread that I haven't yeah. used before. And, you know, there's a social network. We have our own private Facebook group of ambassadors where if we get stuck on something, we ask each other questions. And it's been fun because I have quilting friends now all over the country. Yeah. And I go to a quilt festival in Houston every year. And every yeah. year I meet another one that's, very that's cool. coming in from somewhere else that I haven't met before. And we instantly have this connection because we've been ambassadors. And that's it's really just great. Fun. I love it. Um, will you be at quilt festival this year? Of course. I have two quilts in the show this year. I'm so You excited. do? Oh, I that's do. so cool. That is so cool. I'm so excited. It's been a long time since I got two in. Oh my gosh. Um, I'm so excited. We are there. We have an interactive nonprofit booth. Um, so we are trying to figure out what we're doing with it. I mean, we're doing copyright stuff, but we'll do other stuff too. Um, so we'll see you there. I would love to hook up and maybe even do a Facebook Live near your quilt and talk about it. Absolutely. It would be so great. Would you, you be interested? totally do there. Do okay. that. I'll be there Thursday through Sunday. Thursday through Sunday. Great. That's well, so Saturday. cool. Well, Saturday. Um, can you send me an email just saying Houston Quilt Market and your date so that we can set up a time? Uh, we're going to start to make a schedule. Um, are you going to be at market or are you going to be at festival? I'm at all of it. I'm there the okay, full 12 days. Festival. 12 days. Um, I wish I could go for the whole thing, but there's this thing called teaching. Yes, I know. They don't let me have that much time off. No. Well, this, my law school did not because they knew of my schedule, just because they don't ask me. Um, I'm only teaching one day a week in the fall, so I'm pretty psyched. So I, I think I am able to go for the 12 days um, and only have to teach once online. So we'll we'll have a online thing on one of the Tuesdays. But so yeah, I'm pretty psyched about that. So have you ever been before? I was there last year, and it was a, I was such a baby. <clears throat> we were just starting this project, and I just have to tell you, it was like Disneyland, but incredibly overwhelming. So I'm really uh -huh. curious what it will be like this year. When I know people, I think it's just going to be either really not overwhelming or more overwhelming. I can't quite figure out what's going to happen. Um, do you like, tell me about your experiences with um, festival. We went the first year because it was held a little bit early. Uh -huh. And I was working at a year-round school and it happened to be one of the weeks I was off. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I have the opportunity, let's go. <laughs> and uh, we've been back every year. This will be our 10th year. And who's we? And Is that you, you and your mom? 
Me and my mom. That's mm-hmm. so cool. And uh, we have, I have good friends that I've met down there that we room with. And now we've uh, dragged my cousin into it. So she comes with us every year. And uh, it's just a blast to me. I mean, everybody's there and you make new social connections uh, in the class. Teachers are amazing. I'm taking a class from a lady uh, from Germany this year who I took a class from last year too, um, who's just a stitch. And, you know, she doesn't come to the States that often. So it's the opportunity to take classes from international teachers. That's really cool. And, you know, the, the fabric and the thread and the quilts are just all overwhelming. And it's it's like you said, it's like being in Disneyland. Really and, uh, and I have a lot so of friends nice. who aren't going this year. And I'm like, I think it'd be a crabby apple if I didn't get to go. Yeah. No, that's really great. I can't wait. Well, this is great. And then um, I would love to interview your mom, too, if she's interested. We've done a couple of um, daughter-mom. We've done two of them. But it would be really great to um, chat with her if she's interested. It'd be great. And your son. <laughs> yep, no. I, my two sons have both made their very first quilt. Really? That's uh-huh. very cool. Did you like it? What do you think, Vincent? Did you like it? Yeah. Yeah? Tell, tell her what you did with your quilt. Why did you make the quilt? Um, I made my quilt so I could enter it in uh, uh, MQX. MQX in the kids section. And we had no clue that... Uh, when a kid entered entered it, they got a free sewing machine, so I now have a Janome new home. No! Oh, how cool is that? That is so cool. And what show is that? What show are you in? MQS. It's called Machine Quilters Exposition. They have two every year, with one in the spring in uh, New Hampshire Uh and one in the fall in Illinois. That's so cool. Wow. And what colors did you pick for your quilt? Um, It was this flower-like color and this teal blue. Oh, how cool. So do you think you'll do another one? What? It was a cave facet print. Oh, how cool. And did you, um, did you, you think you'll do another one? Yeah, I'm working on another one, actually. Awesome. Well, you'll have to come on and talk about your experiences, too. I think that would be awesome. Kids that quilt. It's awesome. It is awesome. Oh, it's exhausting, too. It's so true. (laughs) That's very cool. How old is he? I'm turning t- 10 in 10. August. Awesome. Mm-hmm. 10 is a awesome year. You know what's interesting is both of the kids have quilted their quilts on my mother's long arm. Oh, I think and... I saw pictures of that. How was that? Yeah, how was that? Do you like the uh, long arm? It was interesting. Yeah, why? We have no fear of the long arm. Right. I'm curious why interesting. What in, what was interesting about it? Were you not convinced? It's different from the other song machines where you don't have to move the quilt. You just move the machine around. Yeah. Was it easier or harder or just different? For me, it was easier. Interesting. Interesting. So, yeah. Yeah, I think I saw pictures with your grandma, right? Yep. That's yep. so cool. Yeah, I think it's different, but it's easy. It does. It is easier. Um, and harder at the same time. Really interesting. Now, Susie, do you um, do domestic, when you are quilting, are you doing it on a long arm or a domestic machine or both? I'm a domestic machine quilter. Interesting. And your I mom is? one on my mom's long arm when she first got it. And it just wasn't my thing. I couldn't control it yeah. like I can it on my home machine. She now has new wheels for her long arm that she got a few, maybe a year or two ago. And she says, I should really try it again. And it was funny. We actually loaded one of my quilts onto the machine last weekend. And I got scared. So she ended up quilting it. (laughs) (laughs) I got got to try it on something that's not as important. It doesn't matter. Oh, my gosh. It's so true. So we've had this machine, I think, a couple months now. And all I was doing was practice. So I have the first quilt on there. And I'm just like, this is so stressful. (laughs) Yeah. I got to try some practice before I actually quilt. Yeah. I don't know. It's going okay. I keep thinking like, okay, nobody has to see this quilt. <laughs> so. Yeah. Just, you know, do some charity quilts instead yeah. of, you know, something that you care uh, more about. Anyway. Anyway, well, this has been awesome. We were very naughty and we did 42 minutes. <laughs> see, <Oops>. I told you. <laughs> There's no way to do a half an hour. It's impossible. <laughs> There's too much to ask you. Well, I'm super psyched. Ask your mom if she's interested in coming on the show. 
Um, email me about the fact that you've got two things in the in the two quilts in the show, and that we were going to do a Facebook Live, so that um, I have the list going. So just um, we can start to plan. Um, we'll have some of the quilting army there. We're going to have a booth. We are going to try to figure out how to have guest people come and hang out with us. So maybe you could come by and say hi in our booth. Um, uh-huh. And uh, I don't know. We just haven't figured it out. I, my latest thing with the booth is like I want one that has like really comfortable chairs and couch. And it's called Just Want to Sit. <laughs> That's right? fun. Yeah, because we can't, we can't compete with the beauty, but we can really compete with comfort. That was my thought. And then people could like hang out, talk about what they bought how the show's going for them, you know. Um, yeah, and people love to do that. Right? Yeah. Uh, I know Quilt Alliance did like the three-minute sort of what you what did you get at the quilt shop show thing. Um, and so, I don't know, we're, we're figuring it all out. But I would love to see your sh- your quilts and, and have Absolutely. you there talking about them. It would be so great. So, uh, cool. Um, I will. Do you want to review this before we put it up, or are you good with what we chatted about? I'm good with what we chatted about. Okay, cool. Awesome. Um, all right, good. Well, next step, send me an email. See if your mom wants to be interviewed. If so, just give her the link, um, and we'll go from there. I'm so glad you spent time with me. Thank I you. am going to try to do some of your uh, challenges, the uh, brick wall free motion quilt along. I'm going to try to do some of that on the ridiculous quilt I have on the, on the long arm today because I think, why not? Let's just see if this works. I love them. The flower circles are really awesome. Light bulbs, triple circles. And they you look know, great. the thing about it is they don't have to be tiny. You can make those light bulbs an inch long, but you can also make them five inches long, and they all I haven't ever done – I never dri- do big. I, I, I'm always afraid of big, but big <laughs> Big seems like you'll – like people just see more of the mistakes. That's it my thing. Be. I don't know. It's probably not true. It's all a big mistake. <laughs> or it's all in our heads. <laughs> it's all in our heads. But it, it does help when, it, when you wash it, right? Like, once yeah. you wash it, the mistakes don't show as much, it seems like. No. Right? No. No. They become the texture. Yeah. So, all right. This is great. Um, we didn't talk about, oh, wait, crap, don't leave. We have to do one more thing. We didn't talk okay. about the intellectual property, which is what the whole project is about. All right. Hold on. So, um, intellectual property. So, you've got the copyright notice on your new book. Let me read it. All rights reserved. You put the copyright. You put your name, the date. This is really good. No part of this publication may be produced, distributed, or transmitted in any form or by any means, including photocopy, recording, da, 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 without the prior written permission, except in case of brief quotations embodied in critical reviews and certain other non-commercial uses. Well, see here. So, you got... You got it pretty. You're you're doing better than the prof- the you know professional publisher people. That's really interesting. How did you get to this copyright and rights statement thing? How did you get there? My gut says I probably copied out of my AQS book exactly what they had. Can you take a look at your AQS book and send me a, a copy of that? Send me the front yeah. page and the copyright page. We just did a ton of Martingale last night, and they put the same one in every single book, which is really interesting, um, regardless of what the book is, um, which I thought was interesting. Um, So, yeah, so basically what you're saying is you don't want other people to copy it commercially. You're acknowledging that there is some fair uses that might be permitted. Um, For promotional reasons, yeah. For what? For promotional reasons. For promotional reasons. Like if you wanted to review the book, obviously you're going promotional. to read some of the materials. And, you know, if you are working on your own and you need to make a copy of a page so you can try tracing it or whatever. Then. Right. So personal uses, I need to make a copy because I'm going to trace it. You don't want people making a copy of all of it and giving it to their friends. No. Which is part of the reason I have it professionally spirally bound because that makes it a little harder to do. Interesting. And other non-commercial uses permitted by copyright law. That's fair use, right? That's the whole other. Yeah. I mean, now um, let's say because I'm this is the the um, example I'm using. Um, let's say we have a class. Where we are going to take, I don't know, something, something that you do that everybody does, clams. Let's say clamshells or whatever. Uh, or something that everybody has. 
Uh, I don't really know what that would be because yours are all different. You're messing me up on my example. Okay, you're really messing me up on my example because none of them are flat. Okay, feathers. How about feathers? So we're going to take feathers and we're going to have a feather class. And let's say I say, okay, look, we're going to look at all the different ways that feathers were made. So I take one page from your book and one page from another book because what we're trying to do is analyze is there a certain method to feathers or is it not? Like thinking through it like in your like educational hat side. Like do you feel comfortable? Because you're a teacher. So you use fair use all the time. I suspect you make copies and crap in your – copies of stuff and things that you write. Fair use is super important to teachers. We have to have it or like we would – our classrooms would fall apart. So how do you feel about that in terms of – this stuff is it different is the classroom is your regular job classroom different than the quilting classroom that's my question no except i don't have children and wine i don't have children whining at me in my quilting classes (laughs) they're better behaved (laughs) well most of the time not always and the parents aren't involved yeah okay so in the classroom so we want people to buy the books like buy your book like, I'm telling you, buy the book. But it also means there's some situations where, like, paper piecing or other things where the book is telling you to copy it. That's okay. And then if we're doing a comparative kind of thing um, or something that requires you to to do a commentary. Is that right? Are you frozen? The very end. See if it comes back. The internet was rude to us, and it did not finish recording the last bit, but we were just about to say goodbye anyway. Um, Susie Webster was awesome as a guest, and um, we've invited her mom, so we'll have a mother-daughter duo. Um, We have, this will be our second one of these. Um, Can't wait for you to hear it. Um, Can't wait to record it, recording it today. So that is a little bit of Susie. So you've been listening to Just Want a Quilt, a research podcast coming out of Tulane University Law School. And I'm Elizabeth Townsend Gard. If you like this podcast, keep listening. Also, we have a Facebook group. Come join us. We talk about a lot of things. We also have an Instagram account. And of course, most importantly, I really hope you get a chance to quilt today.